Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers. Uh, it is Tuesday morning. It's exciting times. We're going to go by the numbers. We brought Derek back, a Padres fan, situational lefty. We brought Mayflower Dave back, uh, who's, you know, obviously our Phillies fan. And we got Jason Beck back, who's a Yankee fan. And, and he had a good weekend against my Dodgers. So let's see how this turns out. We're going 46 to 50 today. And so... You're driving to work. You're probably going to look at us and go, but you missed, but you, <coughs> then you come on the show and you tell us what we missed. Okay. That's just, so Mr. Beck, we're going to start with you. Who do you got for number 46? Who do you got for 46? Jason Beck. Man, hard to follow up last, uh, our last draft, which was so just, you know, overloaded with, you know, tremendous history and talent names came to mind right away, but, had to kind of struggle a little and, and shuffle some papers around and look through some internet posts to find 46 through 50 here for a few minutes. And it, and it took a minute, but first in the name that really kind of stuck out for me, first name that uh, was probably the most deserving of 46 uh, would be former Yankee left-handed great Andy Pettit, number 46, 18 seasons, of Major League Baseball, I believe 16 of the 18 um, or something like that with the New York Yankees. Uh, 256 career wins over 20. Guy was a three-time All-Star and a five-time World Series champion. But not only that, he won the most games in the 2000s decade. So and he's a heck of a nice guy, too, if I remember correctly. But that guy is, I think, appropriate enough for us to start off with today. 46, Andy Pettit. I love it. I love it. All right, Derek, what you got for number 46? That's a good one, Jason. I mean, you can't go wrong with a guy who's got their number retired in pinstripes. I think you get a that's – a, that's a punch the card uh, layup on that one. Right. Um, so if I, if I have to go with somebody else, that was going to be mine. But uh, I have a second one. Uh, I'll go out of the bullpen. I'll go Lee Smith. Oh. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh. Uh, 18 seasons. Uh, you know, the interesting thing, I think, like, we're doing 46 through 50. I don't know how many numbers, like, you, you could go. I think he went – when he changed teams, he went to 47 and then 48. I don't know. But with the Cubs, you know, you're talking about the all-time saves leader for the Cubs in the Cubs Hall of Fame, in the regular baseball Hall of Fame, pitched over 1,000 games. Uh, at the time when he was when he was active, he was the first reliever ever to get 400 saves. He finished with 478, seven-time All-Star, uh, I believe four-time saves leader. So I submit to you, that name and that guy that guy was you know i had the 84 cub busters and i didn't know how we were going to be cub busting and getting past big 46 in the cubs pinstripes but they did but yeah he was, guy. he was he was dominant when he when he great was right choice. man he was scary that's a great, great choice, call dave. great, great choice. pick yeah dave what's your 46 um we're gonna go through the way back time machine here uh, pick someone who is who maybe um I'm gonna go with starting pitcher number 46, Mike Flanagan. 
you know, not a whole lot is often talked about with Mr. Flanagan. Um, you know, he only won the Cy Young once um, in 79 when he went 23 and 9 um, with five shutouts. Um, and, you know, going off of his career stats, you know, 167, 143, 2,700 innings pitched. Like, okay, I mean, what do you do? I mean, who's someone like Mike Flanagan and why should I care about him? Well, here's why you should care, because he was very, very instrumental in 1979 when the Orioles went back to the World Series. He was instrumental in 1983, going 12-4 and with a 3.3 ERA to help the Orioles win their title for the first time since 1970-ish. in a very solid third fourth man started for your rotation um so yeah i would have to go with i'd have to go with mike for, for uh, 46 for me good pick for that one man for sure i could yeah. see him standing on the mound with a marlboro oh yeah like, if he could, he'd be standing on the mound with a marlboro and then tossing that you know just tossing up pillows up there i love it i love it good call <laughs> um i i Jason stole mine. I actually thought this one was going to be unanimous, although Mike Flanagan and and, and uh, Lee Smith are, are great calls. Uh, the one thing that impressed me about Andy Pettit, and I still, I understand that there's some questions about, you know, stare, whatever, right? I still think this guy needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The 256 wins, to me, gets you in the Hall. Um, his postseason was incredible every time he was in the postseason. But for for a for a time frame that doesn't celebrate perfect games, I'm I'm sorry, not perfect games, complete games. Andy Pettit had 26 complete games, so it's hard to argue 26 complete games in a time where where one or two complete games in a season is phenomenal. Yep, this guy played 18 seasons and had 26 complete games. So. I, my choice on this one was was obviously Andy Pettit. So, you know, great call, Jason. But the the Mayflower Dave and, and Derek, I love your calls too. So, um, no arguments on the Pettit. He's still yeah. uh, the all time leader postseason wins, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. 19. And he, and he just would look over his glove at you, and just he just had that death stare, and it was like, okay, all right. You know, even when he went over to Houston and he played in Houston, he was still that dominant. And then he came over and, and played in the Bronx. Um, yeah. He does he have his number retired, Jason? Remind me. Um, uh, in Monument Park. Monument uh, Park, yes. I so yet. Okay. I I thought he did. Um, not if not, sure. they got to get it done. First. No forty six. I don't think 46 is there. I think the highest they got is um, Bernie Williams' number, but I'm not certain. No, it's they have Von Gidry's number retired. Gidry's is, no, Pettit's is retired. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. 2015, yeah. Ah, okay. And, you know, look, that's a pretty a pretty good Yankee trivia is who is the all-time strikeout leader for the Yankees, right? Right. He was a – Or the Yankees, he's – He's it. Such an He's important like member over, of that core over four. Over 2,000 Ks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that core four is amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Um, 
Okay, uh, what do we got for 47? So, Derek, you get to lead off on this one, 47. 47. Okay. Um, there's a there's a couple of guys that are on my uh, – that I, I go back and forth on, on uh, 47. But at the end mm. of the day, I will go with the lefty. I will go with Tom Glavin. Nice. Uh, there goes my pick. 682 games, all of them starts over 300 wins. Ten uh, time All Star, World Series champ, two Cy Youngs, a World Series MVP in '95, uh, and also four Silver Sluggers. So Whoa. that's something that uh, you know that's that's pretty cool too. Uh, so that that would be my guy uh, for '47. Would be Tom Great call. That's a very good I like call. that call. That's a good call. Um, Dave, what are you Tommy Glavin as well? <sighs> Ooh, I found no another um found another person um another Hall of Famer um Jack Morris. Stay I was away from my guy. <laughs> Come yes. on, hey, hey, Derek took my guy. Might as well yeah. take yours. I said I was going between two. Yeah, big game, Jack man. Yeah, Jack Morris. Yeah. When you look at him, oh my goodness gracious, how could you not fall in love with this man? Um, he he led two teams. To a World Series, back to back years. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, you know, two fifty four, one eighty six, uh, five time All Star, a three time World Series appearances. I mean, oh no, he won three World Series. Excuse me. Okay, yeah, eighty four Tigers. Right. Yeah, eighty four. I keep forgetting about that. Um, if you want consistency, yeah, um, and you need an ace for especially the eighties. Yeah, Jack Morris is your man. Um, and the fact that in his when he won in Toronto, he went 21 and six for that team, which is bonkers. And mind you, that team was also just really loaded and just really good. Um, Jack Morris was always clutch when he needed him to be. I mean, it's a shame that he never won a Cy Young, but he did he did finish a close second in 81. Which, which was strike shortened, but what they do. Um, yeah, I would like if you want consistency, if you want durability, you go, you go with Jack Morris. And I, good call. I would trade on it. He is on the short list for game seven. Give him the ball. Yes. For sure. Him and Randy, top two, yeah. no doubt. Well, Randy was just crazy. And so. Randy, when you saw Randy looking up at you, you're like, uh, uh oh, I give up, I give up. Um, you pulled a stat for Jack Morris that I didn't realize, and then Jack Morris is my pick as well. Um, you said back to back World Series champions, and I thought because I forgot that he played in Toronto, I realized yeah. I knew uh, Detroit and I knew um, Minnesota, and I'm thinking, Dave, you're losing it because he played for. Uh, you know, he didn't play for Minnesota at all. Yeah, 91-92 when he was in Toronto. So, mm -hmm. yep. yeah, three-time World Series champion. Um, again, I'm going to go with a stat that probably won't be matched, uh, and that's 175 complete games. Yeah. 175 complete games. Uh, 2,478 strikeouts. So I got even uh, another one when I was – I said – I got another one. Uh, Bill, when I when I said I was going back and forth, I I really meant it because 
I, you know, it's it's amazing how long it took people to come around on Jack Morris for the Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, you know, in and of itself, his number, his his regular season numbers were were not elite. But here's here's one another one that I think may not may not be broken. I didn't. Did you realize he had 14 straight opening day starts? Ooh, I did not. And that right. is a great statistic. So no. give him the ball on opening day and give him the ball in game seven, right? Game seven. Good call. Uh, Jason, what you got? That's a great statistic. Jason, what you got for number 47? Um, I believe you called Jack Morris situational lefty. Derek called Jack Morris. I'm following up that with the trifecta, and I'm going Jack Morris also. Now, I'm sure you guys mentioned. No, did not mention that. Also had the most wins in the 1980s, pitched an opening day no-hitter, as a matter of fact, on April 7th or 8th back in the day. Opening wow. day no-hitter, but check this out. Um, Jack Morris won the Babe Ruth Award in 1984 and 1991, was also named World Series MVP in 1991. While he gave up the most hits, most earned runs, and most home runs of any pitcher in the 80s, he also started the most games, pitched the most innings, and had the most wins of any pitcher in the 80s. Pretty wow. solid friggin' resume, baby. And he's a damn good commentator for the Tigers as well. <laughs> as long yeah. as he was a good commentator, we're all good. Right? <laughs> yeah, no arguments from me on that. One. You go. All right, Dave, you get to start out with number 48. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> as, you can, <laughs> as you can tell, it's it's fine. Um, oof, I don't know. I seriously don't know. You know what? Uh, sudden Sam McDowell. I'll go. Oh, there you go. Um, good call. That won- is a good call. Yeah, he's he's someone who is, I think, mightily overlooked for how how bright his career was, and then it just all sort of fell off a cliff. Um, you know, from 64, 65 to about seventy one, he averaged. Um, he averaged a lot of things. He had a lot of strikeouts. I know that much. About two, he averaged about two hundred sixty-three or two hundred forty-six, depending on how you looked at it, for a season. And he was, um, you know, three twenty-five, two twenty-five, two thirty-six, two eighty-three, two seventy-nine, three hundred four, and he did all of that in a in an era where yes, pitching was dominant. But you had very big names at that time, too. Like, you had Harvey Killaboo, Tony Oliva, um, Norm Cash. You had a whole bunch of these big names, and you just had Sudden Sam out there. Be like, I'll have some more strikeouts. Um, He won the ERA title in, I believe it was either 65 or 67 or 66, one of those two years or three years. Um, Like... In 68, he was he had a 1.81 ERA, but that's just because it was it was a sign of the times. He was just a cheat code when he was when he was on top of his stuff. So my pick would go with uh go with sudden Sam. Well, not only did they lower the mound because of Bob Gibson in 68, but because of sudden Sam in 68. I mean, this guy was is highly underrated. 
I think he led the AL in strikeouts more than four or five times, if I'm not mistaken. It was a continuous all-star through his that run that he really had, those solid six, seven, eight years or so. Yeah, 65 to 71, he was almost an all-star in every single year. And 1967, I feel, was one of the most exciting pennant chases and pennant runs that you will ever Great call. Good call. Call. Jason, what do you got for 48? Um, 48. Um, it's really for me, um, not much of a contest, man, because as I, you know, living here in SoCal and, and you being in Orange County as well, man, we got a chance to see probably one of the best center fielders not named Griffey um during a period of time in Anaheim, and that would be nine-time gold glove winner Tory. Hunter, I mean, this guy has over 2,450 career hits, um, almost over 350 home runs, and uh, almost 1,400 RBIs. This guy, uh, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner on top of the nine gold gloves, and I think was an all-star five or six times. So I'm going with Torrey Hunter. Mm-hmm. Great call. I, lo- I love that, Jason. Yep. I do, too. Thank Great you. Well, Derek, do you? what's your 48? Well, it's Tory Hunter. Cool jerseys to walk into the park that are kind of not in the not in the Hall of Fame, but man, you got some respect in in both Anaheim and Minnesota, Jason. I can't. Yeah. You know, I, I would I would say that's a good one. Um, so interestingly enough, it's like I'm I'm trying. I don't think I, I could find like a, another hall of Famer or anything like that for 48, but, but um, let me think if I go hitter, um, I'm going to go with another park with this guy's Jersey. And it would be a uh, 14 season third base slash catcher slash Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval. Oh, oh. Giants. Um, he made his he made his time count right three World Series, he got a 2012 World Series MVP, uh, and there's only there's only a handful of guys who can say that they hit three home runs in a World Series game, and that's the Babe, that's Reggie, that's Fat Albert, and it's Kung Fu Panda. Man, that's so, a solid choice. So are you gonna go walk into the Bay? I think you're wearing a 48. There is not a weight limit on this show, so this yeah. is, you know, that's a good call right there. I did have an honorable mention if I talk about pitchers on the San Francisco side, too. Honorable mention, Rick Russell. In oh, He'd be another call. one, right? Yeah, good he's call. still waiting for that Bo Jackson bomb to land from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But Big Daddy that was just about it. That'd be like a good, good, good cop, bad cop yeah. show, I think. Yes, it would What be. do you think? He goes yeah. to the doctor. What's aching you? My neck still hurts after eighty nine. I still can't. I still can't. Swear to God, man. Was that that was the that was the best announce uh, announcing duo because it was Ben Scully doing the game, and he had a special guest come in. Yeah. Do you guys remember who the special guest was? Ronald Chris, Wilson Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Yeah. Correct. And and when he hit the ball. President Reagan just says, oh, Messi. or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> he knew it was gone. Oh, awesome. It was very nondescript, but it just yeah. said, 
So I have to tell you, those are great calls. I actually, um, I actually went with uh, Tory Hunter myself, um, and I think even though his numbers are about par with some of the other players that aren't in the hall, some of the '80s guys like Garvey um, that aren't in the hall, Tory Hunter was a really good ambassador for the game. And I had a ton of respect for him because the Angels recognized his value and put him as a mentor and a roommate to Nick Aidenhart. And so when Nick Aidenhart had passed away in that car accident right after his start, Tory took it personal because that was his roommate on the road. And so the fact that the Angels trusted Tory that much to be kind of a, a mentor to a young kid, I got to give it to Tory. Yeah, it's huge. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, I think we are now up to uh, number 49, which Jason Beck's going to lead us off. 49, man. And like looking up as many numbers as we have for this through one through where we are now, super short list for number 49, but really the only one that stuck out, stood out uh, to me was a gentleman, left-handed pitcher, wore pinstripes in New York, and that mm. would be Gator Ron Guidry. I mean, this yeah, guy, another guy who's not in the Hall of Fame, but had a tremendous run of eight or nine years with the Yanks. I mean, this guy was a four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ. I mean, you forget about the Bronx Zoo during that time with Reggie Jackson and all the craziness that was going on in in, you know, with uh, Steinbrenner and him and he rather. And, you know, there's Gidry just kind of being the silent assassin. Uh, led the AL in wins two times in 78 and 85. Um, and also, I believe, in 78 was 24 and 4 or 20, 25 and 3. In 25 and 3 in his Cy Young year. And uh, 49, Ron Gidry is probably the best example of that number. Yeah. He also has the best nickname. Gator, Louisiana Latin. Lovely Louisiana Latin. Just hears Idaho music playing when you when you say his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like if you must play by the lightning by Metallica, otherwise your soul is <laughs> good call. Good call. All right, so Derek, who do you have for forty nine? Uh, well, um, you know, again, so it's like I, I again, I have to go after after Jason, who gets the <laughs> the Yankee pinstripe, the Monument Park Yankee pinstripes. I it's tough to go against. <laughs> I mean, he, is, he was one of my favorites growing up, man. Just cause I was, and I wasn't a Yankees fan, but man, that seventy eight season, man, what that, that was like. That was just when I was starting to pay attention to baseball. And it was right. like, are you – I mean, I even knew that. I'm like, that can't be real. That guy's – he's just – that 25 and three, just like he was un, unhittable. Um, yeah. But so – but if, I, if I'm going to be contrary here a little bit, I'll throw another name up for submission. Let me go with the anti-Gidry. If Gidry was like a <laughs> meteor, you know, who just was a dominant – let me go with the guy who just w- did not – exude lightning you would not say through like lightning 
Uh, but he was a knuckleballer, Charlie Huff. Ah, oh, Charlie. 25 years. Uh, I don't know how many jerseys. I, I stopped keep keeping count. But uh, props to uh, to the, the hometown, Honolulu, Hawaii, born in, born in 1948, but pitched 25 seasons. 216 and 216 was his record. So, wow. you know, maybe not necessarily, uh, obviously not Hall of Fame, uh, quote unquote, and certainly not going to be confused with Ron Guidry throwing the knuckleball. But he did have over 100 complete games. He also saved 61 games and, wow. uh, you know, 2,300 plus Ks. And I think he's probably the reason why, you know, guys like Tim Wakefield and Tom Candiotti yeah. also wore 49. Yeah. And, Hall know, of mediocrity. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> the Hall of the Knuckleball. Hey, there for sure. Go. Top of the list, if, Hall of Knuckleball. If but, I remember uh, correctly, he was the Florida Marlins opening day pitcher the first day of their. 1993 season. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, good call. He he's actually a really good guy too. I met him uh, in Fullerton last year for when they did like this Lasorda tribute because Lasorda was the guy that brought him to the bigs, and Lasorda mm-hmm. was the guy that kind of mentored Charlie. And yeah, Charlie's Charlie's a good dude. That's uh, cool. He's a very good dude and very kind. I took a couple pictures with him. Very kind. Um, he was standing there talking to Bobby Valentine and they were talking about tell, they were telling some Lasorda stories and that was pretty fun. I gotta tell you, man, Charlie Huff, the only guy that I can think of that pitched an opening day for a team when my dad was a kid and pitched an opening day for a team when I was a kid. It's, he's pitched <laughs> like nine, nine decades, man. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Jamie Moyer. Yeah. <laughs> St. Joe's alum, Jamie Moyer. Woohoo. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Dave, who do you have for 49? I am. Uh, I'm stuck. I did research. I came upon some really good names. Um, but, you know, we're going to come out of the bullpen on this one. Okay. Um, we are going to throw out the man who has quite possibly one of the best nicknames that I've ever heard of. And uh, that man's name is uh, Joe Table, otherwise known as Jose Mesa. Um, oh, nice call. That's when you look good. at everything, you know. Joe uh, Table, yeah, baby. 19, you know, 1.13 ERA, um, 46 saves, um, allowed only 49 hits. And 17 walks with 58 strikeouts. Finished second in Cy Young and fourth in MVP voting that year to basically nice. Indians to the World Series. And I'm just sitting here going, dear heavens. You know, you got to be that consistent to last for a long time, right? What? He got hurt. But then he got a renaissance in Philly. Oh, okay. Um, You can't go wrong with, with Joe Table. I will give... We'll give him this, you know, 321 saves is phenomenal given how long his career was. And now he had to battle through all of the injuries that he had to go through. I respect him so much for all of it that he did. And I have two honorable mentions here. And that is um, Wait Hoyt from all the way back in the 50s with the Giants and one third of the Nasty Boys, 
Rob Dibble. Yeah, you don't button on Rob Dibble. He'll just throw the ball at you. Forget the first baseman. He'll just throw the ball at you. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye, soul. Goodbye. Exactly. My 49 um, has already been mentioned, Louisiana Lightning. Um, I actually was looking up his stats, and I was thinking, why is this guy not in the hall? Because he's – you know, he's a, a three-time, two-time World Series champion. Both years, his team cheated. Um, right, Jason? No, I'm teasing. Never, never. <laughs> never. 77, I'm sorry. Yeah, 77-78, and then he was in 81's World Series. Um, I was surprised to see that he only had 170 wins. Right. I thought he would have crossed the 200 threshold. But I guess not. But his winning percentage was great, 170 um, up and 91 down. So that was yeah. pretty impressive. He had kind of that Koufax-esh. Koufax, nine years where he was the, just – he took the ball every day. He just dominated. And then he just kind of, you know, ran out. His, his arm just kind of gave out, I guess. But, yeah, he uh, – incredibly, yeah, under 200 wins. Yeah, incredible, incredible. All right, we're coming to the end of the show. Thanks for sticking with us here. We got our last number. Derek gets to lead off with it. Derek, who's your number 50? I think I've got a surprise for everybody for mine. Go for it, Derek. All right, number 50. Mine may be a little bit of a surprise too, but I'm going to stick with the pitchers. Uh, My last one, 49, was a pitcher born in Honolulu. Number 50 is also Honolulu, uh, a guy who was a World Series champ. He actually still – he pitched – he managed to pitch 15 years in the bigs. He's got a career uh, hit for nine innings. Listen to this stat. Career hit for nine innings, only 6.85 hits per nine innings. There's wow. only three starting pitchers in Major League history who are better than 6.85 hits per nine innings. Wow. Nolan Ryan, Clayton Kershaw. Sandy Koufax. That's all it. Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. Then the guy who who's from man? Kaiser High, L. Sids. Sid. Very yeah. good. You know, like yeah. I said, like, you know, the cool factor of you got a jersey and you're going to walk into a place. If Sid Fernandez walks into a bar in Hawaii, he has never been paying for a drink, man. No yeah. shot. Unless he walks in with Adam Former Dodger farmhand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. If he walks in with Adam Dunn, they're going to charge you twice. Yeah. You know, yep. it's it's like one of those one of those weird things about like coming up. Like, so when I was growing up in the 80s in Hawaii and like, you know, he was like the he was the phenom to watch coming up and all that. I actually saw him pitch like in high school, like a high school game. He came to my high school. And so I'm sitting in the high school bleachers behind the, you know, you're literally what, like maybe 20 feet away from the catcher or something, you know, something ri- ridiculous. And, you know, when you, let me tell you, when you hear somebody's, you can hear like a the, the pop on somebody's ball, right, in, in the minor leagues and go, that kid's going to, you know, that, that's going to be something. Imagine like Sid Fernandez blowing like in the mid 90s, like in high school. I mean, it wasn't even fair, you know, just. Yeah. Struck, but people in Hawaii would just like uh, 
follow follow the box scores and all the stuff of him coming up through the Dodger system and all that. And then, and then he made it, and, you know, ended up when he was in New York, got a got a World Series ring. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Important part of that 86 World Championship team, for sure. Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Uh, J- uh, I'm sorry, Dave, who do you have for number 50? Um, I'm going to keep with the pitcher theme because why not? Um, a one-time all-star. And you're like, oh, great, here we go. An ERA title. A career that lasted, tragically, only nine years. 6-8-222 from Vienna, <laughs> Los Angeles. Number 50, J.R. Richard. This nice. Kid, oh, that's this, oh, this guy here, if... Is he is he a grand grandfather to Dave Stewart? Because that menacing look that he would give you. I mean, you, he was drafted second overall by the Astros out of high school. He went 107 and 71 in a very short, tragic career that was unfortunately beset by a stroke that he suffered in 1980. Um, but still, so you look at his stats and it's bonkers absolute bonkers yeah i know bonkers it's it's the word of the day here on a uh, top band viral v bonkers um, bonkers That's finishing finished in top 10 of cy young three times finishing as high as third um to 79 2015 18 and 12 18 11 18 and 13 for houston when they were starting to have their little um dynamo stretch in the late 70s and early 80s you couldn't ask for a better one-two punch than having him along with I think Nolan Vine was still in was Nolan Vine still in Houston at this time or was he in California at this time? Eighty-one. Houston. So a year two before Nolan, Jr. was that kid that you could just be like, "No, Jr., we need you. We don't need to figure out who shot you on Dallas, but we need you." <laughs> um, give me Jr. Richard, and it's a shame that his career ended. Because if he hadn't had that stroke, he most likely would be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Great call. Good call. <laughs> Jason, what you got for your last one? Well, it, Dave really kind of put the nail on the head here. And uh, it was exactly the same same gentleman that I was going to choose. Being a young kid growing up and watching those Saturday games of the week on NBC, man, it was fantastic when uh, the Houston Astros would play and get a chance to see J.R. Richard on the mound in the Astrodome with those funky jerseys. But man, that guy was one dominating pitcher during his time. Um, Not only was he one of the greatest pitchers in the National League, but in all of the makeouts, one time in ERA. I mean, you can think about this guy who was really kind of fastball, heavy, hard, you know, guy throwing, uh, just filling the, the zone, and he led the league in ERA. Oh, that's almost like saying Nolan Ryan could would not lead the league in walks. But um, amazingly, he led the league in ERA once. Um, three times he led the NL in hits allowed per nine, and he won at least 18 games a year. Between 76 and 79. So, yeah, solid numbers for J.R. Richard. Nice call. I'm actually going to shock <laughs> you boys with this one, and then I'm going to give oh, you an no. honorable mention, which I was surprised that nobody mentioned this. Let's go. Uh, but here we go. Okay, so here we go. 
my guy through 33 complete games in his career. He had 10, 10 shutouts in his career. Unfortunately, his ERA was a little high, 425. Hmm. But he had 200. What's that? Did you say Jamie Moyer? That is who I'm talking about, Jamie Moyer. Hey, nice. Jamie! 269 wins. Yes. Give me the Jamie. guy played from age 23 to age 49. I had to give him a little bit of love because he was collecting Social Security when he was retiring. Um, I mean, Jamie Moyer, he pitched for eight different teams, Seattle mainly, but Seattle, Philly, Chicago Cubs, Baltimore, Texas, Colorado, St. Louis, and Boston. Um, so good for Jamie. My honorable mention, I Jeez. swear I thought this was going to come up. Okay. This guy, 197 wins and counting. Wow. 28 complete games and counting. 18 years all with the Cardinals, I was going to say Adam Wainwright. But, but I started thinking of Jamie Moyer, and I just dropped the mic. You know, you just got to oh. drop it at that point. Dropped it. When this guy, I mean, he he does have a um, an MLB record, Bill, right? Yeah, Jamie Moore. pitching into his nineties, <laughs> most home runs ever all all, all yeah. time. Yeah, five hundred twenty-two. I I did yeah. say it wasn't awesome with his ERA, so I mean, you know, yeah. there's a reason why Jamie's not going to get into the Hall. Even if he would have won another thirty-one games, I still don't think he gets into the Hall. But what do I know? What do I know? Right. Do, do not shame the only man to have graced the fields of St. Joseph's University and who is the only person to have his number retired by said university because that is my alma mater. Leave him out of this. Boom, there it is, man. Mm. Only got a pitch in like nine decades, I think. Something Availability like is a good ability. <laughs> mm -hmm. Only guy to have his his first season to pitch against Babe Ruth and his last season to pitch against Albert Pujols. Hey. <laughs> you know? right? Albert, he just, yes. He just threw pillows up there, man. I mean, he even I don't even think he registered on the freaking radar gun, man. Uh, yeah, no, didn't you see it towards the end of his hour. career? They were like hitting the radar gun and going, I don't think this thing works. And somebody comes by and says, it doesn't register anything under 40 mile an hour. Oh, oh my yeah. dad, sorry. Yeah, I think his mechanics were very similar to me of Tommy John. Yeah. They kind of long, sleepy delivery. And then by the time it got up there, you were just like, let's go. Okay, I'm gonna swing anyway. Well, hey Bill, is, is Mookie is Mookie texting you right now going, Hey Bill, what's up? I, I sent him a voicemail. He reached <laughs> oh. out earlier and I okay. sent him a voicemail. <laughs> um I I here's the thing with Mookie. And so here's the thing with Mookie and with Freddie, okay? And I'll say this, I'll say this, and all you Dodger fans out there that are listening to this, you know, Derek threw a softball over here, and I'll say this right now. If Mookie and Freddie retired right now, they would go into the Hall of Very Good. They're not Hall of Fame caliber yet. Another three or four or five seasons, and they are both Hall of Fame caliber. Mookie mm -hmm. is one of the best leadoff hitters. We're seeing that. But – I got to give it to Jay Jamie Moyer. You know, he was around 
at the turn of the century. He played for the Boston Bean Eaters. Uh, uh, know, and so got to give right. him a little love. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah, All right, I mean, Mookie's, Mookie's saying, you know, you give me another 15 years like you gave Jamie Moyer, you know, I probably will be. In the, I think he'll be. I'll break the Roses record, you know. <laughs> All right, top fans, we did the best we could to give you 46 through 50. I hope you enjoyed your ride to work on Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this. These guys are great. Derek, Jason, Dave, you guys are all fantastic. We do this for the love of it because we're fans, and this is all about being fans. So I sure do appreciate everybody. Top Fan Rivalry followers, if you are in Atlanta, Georgia, you want to register for the watch party. It is going to be a watch party at Park Bench. It's going to be when the Braves are playing the Fighting Phils in Philadelphia. Not only are we going to be watching the game, at Park Bench, but we are going to have a Braves fan plant inside of City uh, uh, Citizens Bank Park going live around all these Philly fans. So it's going to be a good time. Right. So make sure you register for that, popfanrivalry.com. All right, my friends, let's do this again soon, yeah? Sounds good. Thank you. All right.